listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Agroni. And I'm Travis Hymas. And today we're doing a trailer breakdown for the One Piece live action series that is going to be premiering on Netflix on August 31st. That's right, we have a release date. The trailer premiered this past Saturday, and Travis, I believe you and I are tied for how many times we've watched it, which I believe is the same number as Luffy's current bounty. Maybe? <laughs> I mean, it, I've lost count because it's. It, I knew we were going to do this, so I have watched it more times than... Uh, I mean, it was actually trending on YouTube. It was like very, very high up on the trending. I think, that was, I think it was just me and you watching it over and over again. Hmm. That's right. We were pumping the algorithm, and uh, look, we're not going to spoil any of the One Piece manga outside of the East Blue Saga. That's the deal. So we're going to talk about the first season of the show is going to cover East Blue. We may lightly discuss the names of some other arcs that happen after East Blue, but that should be the extent of it. Not going to talk about things that happen post time skip. If you don't even know what I'm talking about, you're good. You don't you don't need to worry. So if you're not caught up on One Piece, this this is going to be a safe discussion for you to listen to. And Travis, together, I think we'd make a pretty good team. Ah, uh, see what you did there. <laughs> I did I it. See what you this did podcast there. has been calling to me. Before we get started, just a few quick things to mention. As always, we would love to hear from you, the listener. If you would like to add your own thoughts to the ongoing One Piece discussion, like a theory or some speculation, maybe even a correction of something we said, which is always necessary, you can send us an email. Our email address is rookiepirateradio at gmail.com, or even better, you can come join our Discord server where we have a special channel dedicated to One Piece spoilers and discussion. So you can hang out with us there. We also are there talking about music, films, TV books, comics, everything you love from In Between Drafts. And that link is in the show notes and then some. First off, I want to start. Travis, you're back. I'm back. Missed you. Yeah, I'm sorry for being away. Um, I do do very much appreciate our guest from uh, last episode for stepping in. Uh, so I did such episode. a great job. We had a great discussion. I got to evangelize my moon theory. Again, I'm not spoiling anything. That's all you get. But yeah. Yeah. And uh, it was very fun. And we have another guest coming up very, very soon. So. That's right. Uh, sooner than you may think. And <laughs> Indeed. But I am back. I'm not going anywhere. Yes. I figure Travis, too. I mean, you missed two chapters, but... Look, we by the time we get to 1087, I think that's when we can, you know, maybe get you caught up to speed, figure out what you think of those chapters. But for now, we're going to focus on this trailer, which, you know, I I've been watching a lot of videos about it, a lot of breakdowns, been trying to really just get a sense of how people are reacting to this thing. But I do think the first thing that we should get into here is the relationship between the public and live action anime. So even besides Netflix, right? We've been getting terrible live-action anime for a long time, uh, specifically Western-based live-action anime. Not really talking about, like, Attack on Titan had one. There was a Roroni Kenshin live-action adaptation movie that was actually very well-received, but that is not a Western, unless I'm wrong there, but I believe that is not Western-created. It was not, no. Yeah. Right. Uh, now, the ones that have been Western-created, that's been your Dragon Ball Evolution, your The Last Airbender, stuff that people look at and consider as, uh, I think the exact word technical term is hot garbage and not the kind we normally like. Well, I mean, it's it's literally a meme. 
online, you will see people take bad cosplay photos and call it the Netflix adaptation version of an anime. It's it, it's it's literally shorthand for bad adaptation. And it was happening too for. At the same time that the One Piece trailer came out, it was during the Netflix Tadam event, and we even saw glimpses of the new Avatar, the last Airbender live action series that they're doing. So not connected to M. Night Shyamalan, of course. And yeah, I saw memes to that effect where they were essentially trashing it and saying this is this looks like bad cosplay. And they're right. Um, but we're not here to talk about Avatar. <laughs> in, in that regard, yes. Um well, we'll I, I guess we'll get into the the more general impressions in a minute. Uh, you know, adaptation is a tricky thing, right? Because you always are going to leave something on the floor. Uh, you know, it, it's one of those things. Like you, you, you know, you're a film critic. Back in the day, The Lord of the Rings was considered completely unfilmable, and even though those films are truly an achievement. Um, on their own, uh, a part of that was deciding what to what to cut, what to change, what to you know stretch out and uh, and and try to make work within the pacing of a film. And you know, it, it's it's something really special when you get a good version of that because it, it's going to be something that people would have otherwise not engaged with. And I think One Piece, uh, before getting into anything specific, I think One Piece is a story that's deserving of of having that same kind of treatment uh you know of, of having a, a good adaptation so that people who would never watch a thousand episodes of anime or read a thousand chapters of manga because you know various hang-ups or just accessibility whatever you, you name it uh but they might watch a netflix show you know what i mean so i'm not against the idea on paper um even though we've had a lot of bad ones mm-hmm. you know there are a lot of good adaptations. We shouldn't just write off adaptation as a concept um, just because there have been misses before. I think that's, you know, kind of not seeing the forest for the trees. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, so I am in favor of the attempt. However, specifically with Netflix and its relationship with anime, I confess a little bit of trepidation towards this whole thing. And this isn't a, a criticism of the studio or or crew or cast or anything of, of what we've seen of the actual show. But when I look at Netflix, I think about the, you know, how hard it has been to get Netflix to do things like simulcasting, um, how hard it is to get Netflix to treat its classic anime uh, with respect, I mean, they couldn't even be bothered to license Fly Me t- to the Moon for Evangelion, uh, which is which Nintendo was willing to do for Bayonetta, but Netflix can't be bothered somehow. Um, you know, ask any JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fan how they feel about um, Netflix's handling of the Stone Ocean uh, release, and they will give you a, a literal, you know, Martin Luther's thesis uh, level kind of screed about how poorly that was handled. And and I could go on and on and on. There there have been just as many misses just from how Netflix handles anime and, and anime IPs on its own. And that's even putting aside things like the Death Note movie, which was mostly done before Netflix took over distribution of it, um, or or bringing over those uh, Japanese adaptations like the Full Metal Alchemist movies. And uh, I just mean, I just mean, I don't think they understand, or they've not demonstrated that they understand what's special about this medium. Because honestly, I don't think they're great at figuring out Western television. I don't think they know why they were successful in the first place. To no, be I couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, I mean, you take a look at their hits, and it's usually luck. 
It's usually because they made a thousand shows in a year. And these are the ones that broke through the noise. Right. Um, I I will say, you know, and this has been going a long ways back. I mean, they've been putting tons of money into things that they didn't fully understand what to do with going as far back as when Baz Luhrmann got a 10 episode series that nobody watched. Uh, And each episode was something like $10 million per episode. But nevertheless, Travis, we have to recognize that. And you touch on this a little bit. Netflix is a destination. It's a streaming service that people use. It's huge. It's a streaming service that way more people are aware of than something like Crunchyroll or High Dive or what have you. And that has been a place where I'll call them normies. I'll call them weebs in training. That's where they find their anime. A lot of them. Because I know so many people who came to me about Demon Slayer be like, I saw it on Netflix. Black Clover saw it on Netflix. There are people who've watched uh, One Piece on Netflix and I I remember I was watching One Piece on Hulu for a while before I had Crunchyroll, like over a decade ago. So when it comes to actually like a place where you can find anime, I can see how Netflix has to have some people really looking at what's been successful and certainly anime creates a lot of eyeballs for them. And I think that's what's pushing this. That's what pushed the Death Note movie to be taken over about five years ago. And I think that Cowboy Bebop, there's a reason they put so much money into it. And I'll and I'll say this and we can get into it, into the trailer. Mm. The thing that differentiates this from Cowboy Bebop, let's just say it, I think that they have a chance to learn from their mistakes. And if there's one big separation, it's that practical effects. They built the ships, and they really gave this thing the money and attention because they know One Piece has the potential to be a worldwide phenomenon. Cowboy Cowboy Bebop has always been an adult-oriented, one-season kind of thing that they probably would have like tried to branch off of, you know, if it had been successful enough. But it wasn't. Um, that has always, I think, had the trepidation and anxiety for them in Netflix itself. But One Piece is such a different animal. They've been trying to make this thing for five, six, seven years or how, however long it's been. Oh, it has been pretty hands-on. There are a lot of nice sort of, there are good signs. There are some red flags, but there are also really good signs that this thing can be handled pretty well. And this is the first time you're seeing footage, but we've been watching sort of the cast do some marketing for this. And, and in a way that's actually pretty surprising how much effort they're putting in, how much money they're putting in for the cast to get out there. And can I just say, I love this cast. I mean, we can talk about how they come across in the trailer in a second, but I just love the enthusiasm, the charm and the chemistry just from what we're seeing through just the social media blitz. And I know a lot of that can be glamorized and manufactured. I'm not getting that vibe, though. And I, Travis, you know me. You know how cynical I am. You know, my my heart is a dark black hole. Uh, but that's where I'm at. You, you know, and I would agree with you, because even outside of the the immediate social media blitz, um, just them hanging out. I don't know if you saw this, but prior to uh, whatever Netflix calls their thing, um, they were all flying into Brazil and um, the the everybody but McKinney made it early. So they went out to dinner one night. Uh, you know, post an Instagram photo. They've, they've been very active with like how they spend time together um, on social media, kind of outside of the normal they marketing. They have to, they're blitzes. a crew, Travis. Yeah. They, and they do, they look like they enjoy each company. But the best part about it was McInnu went in and commented on the, the picture and said, somebody come get me, I'm lost. And so that started Perfection. a week-long week joke that they all started telling about how he had gotten lost on his way to the to the convention, the presentation, and so they had to go find him, and so they were at you know 
fans got in on it online too. They were photoshopping them into different places, trying to find him. There was a whole big like where's Zorro uh, thing. Um, and, and and another thing, because uh, especially since I slammed his movie earlier this year <laughs> on the site, uh, but McKenyu is signing autographs already as Zorro, just as Zorro. That's that's how he's signing him. I love how absolutely sold for this he is. I think he's going to be Same. a. I think he's got the right energy for that character, just his normal personality. Seeing Knights of the Zodiac, I was like, he's not a good fit for for Seiya, but I can see through this how he got the Zorro job. And I think I, I think that's going to pay off. Um, but yeah, I, I think the casting choices and, you know, you know, I'm not saying Oda single handedly picked every single detail of this, but it's very clear they took Oda's notes and his kind of like ideas of what these characters would look like if they were real and found some genuinely talented people to fill those spots. People who've had plenty of roles before. You know, who've been in things like they're not just sort of plucked from the ether. Uh, they're established actors, all of them. Um, I would say that, you know, McKenyu is one of the most prolific in terms of, I mean, he, he you know, you mentioned, but also, you know, Roni Kenshin he was in and uh, both of them. And then also Emily Rudd was in the Fear Street movies. And yeah, they're, they're all kind of coming from similar places like TV. Uh, it's not a series that is trying to really like hit you over the head with star power i think they made the right choice to be like we're going to save some money we're not going to cast you know arlong's not going to be played by like john lithgow or some nonsense like we're not going to do gimmicks you know what i mean i know i now very much want a dub of arlong but like it's it's lithgow he sounds from, like, like farquad like farquad yeah <laughs> <laughs> nami you will be my bride um no i i definitely i definitely love that video where you see the cast watching the trailer for the first time together and they're like holding on to each other. They are like literally uh, Inyaki Godoy who plays Luffy uh, is, is tearing up and crying. I'm tearing up and crying, just watching him tearing up and crying. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you more so than the trailer itself. I think watching them, like watching him specifically, just with that like beaming with that pride and just like this, this sense of like accomplishment that he can barely handle that I think sold me more than the actual trailer footage we're talking about here. Honestly, I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think you make a solid case. Now let's talk about this trailer. Let's just talk about our general in, impressions for the time being, right? I think that we should start just kind of, you know, we don't have to be super vague or anything, but you know, walk me through it. When you were watching this, you were watching the trailer for the first time. I mean, what was going through your head? I mean, it was like I said, there was a lot of there was a lot of trepidation here for me. This, you know, I understand it's not going to be a one to one thing. There's there's absolutely no stinking way an eight to twelve television show season is going to get every single little Odaism, every single little detail. The anime doesn't even do that. Why would I expect this to? Uh, but there are some things that I think really, really need to land. Um, Luffy is one of them. Luffy has to be 100% on the entire time. If, if that character is slipping, if it is not meeting, you know, the, the, the right characterization at all times, it is, he is the load bearing wall for the entire show, um, both in performance and I think in, um, power set, you have to sell the gum gum powers because if you can't sell those, Everything else is off the table. The East Blue doesn't have um, necessarily that drastic of weird stuff uh, when it comes to, oh, how are they going to accomplish this with effects or, you know, uh, suspension of disbelief, really. Uh, but, I mean, you really got to make the rubber man rubber 
and and it's a that's a tricky effect to sell um so for me that was the biggest thing was oh oh goodness how is it gonna look when he stretches we only get two real glimpses Uh, and one of them i think is good one i think is distressing um (laughs) but it, it is one of those things where people have rightfully pointed out that this is footage from a year ago. We actually don't know what it's going to look like final. Uh, but, you know, it, it's still a little bit like, uh-oh. Uh, I think it's, I, 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 for what it's worth, I think that this is a hard thing to do. I mean, we've had multiple Fantastic Four movies, and Mr. Fantastic has never looked good. No. It's always been, It's all, and I think there's an uncanny valley effect that is just going to exist here. Like, the more that I, the more that I thought about it watching this trailer, the more that I just kind of understood that there's going to be some sort of effect here that just is, is like your brain is just going to know something is off here, no matter how good they get it. Like if they make an exact one-to-one replica of his hand at the end of that arm and it's, it, you know, it's pristine, there's still going to be something that feels just a little like, uh, nah, you made that up. <laughs> Something's wrong here. I mean, there's a reason they probably did. They constructed that scene at night, even though in the anime and manga, it's during the day. Uh, In fact, most of East Blue and Romance Dawn, I mean, it's most of it's during the day. I think that's kind of intentional. It's sort of about like the dawn and everything like that. And to your to your credit, I think that they're going to have to make some creative changes to that effect in order to hide some of the blemishes. Right. Right. Can can we agree, though, that if anything can get away with something that cheesy and weird, it is a one piece story, isn't it? Because we are dealing with a heightened world where this kind of thing shouldn't be so out of place. I think even the fantastic four movies, that kind of helped too in those, uh, with the exception of the 2015 one, which tried to be serious for reasons people are still trying to figure out and research and study. Yeah, no. Uh, and that's why, again, I think it really comes down to the gum gum powers. If you can get the audience on board with this kid can blow up like a balloon and stretch his arms and can't swim and like you could stretch his face like like if they if they can sell that as a this is just a thing that's going to happen all the time. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. We've had Superman on television before. It does, you know, we're not asking for the world here. I just want to make sure that it just is, is, you know, there's not the one piece show. And then there's the bits where Luffy does a stretch, I guess is, is, is my point. So if they can make that work, they can sell any devil fruit power. They can sell all of these other things about the world pretty easily. I think, I think once that first hurdle with the gum gum fruit is out of the way, the doors are open. You're going to have the audience on board for everything else. I agree with that. I agree. But okay, generally though, so, I mean, how did you walk away from the trailer? Was it hype or did you feel a little bit let down? Because I know for me, as I was watching it, I was having a little bit of an accordion kind of feel. It was almost like I was nervous. I was scared. I was like, what if the next thing's going to be bad? You know, I wasn't able to fully enjoy it the first time, honestly. Although there were glimmers, there were times when it was just like the score would come on and you see Etra Oda's face and you're just like, Whoa, you know, it's great. It's great. Uh, but I will admit it, it took me a second to get like accustomed to what this trailer was feeling. So I definitely came away from it being like, OK, I'm in. You got me. But what about you? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. Um, I have. And it's impossible to come to this completely neutral, right? Uh, There's going to be that part of me that's like, oh, well, uh, you know, it could be this, could be that. Um, 
so I'm kind of I'm kind of still of a mixed feeling. It's kind of a mixed bag for me. I like the you know the physical sets. The, that's looking good. I like that the 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 scenes look like they're lit. Even the yeah. nighttime scenes, the sunset scenes. I like that I can see things. Um, I like again the energy of the cast. I'm liking a little bit of the banter. Um, we'll talk. I think we have a note here to talk about the dialogue specifically. <laughs> um, I think that's a part of where I'm a little bit off. I have some, I have some notes about Luffy's dialogue specifically, but um, you know, it could have been significantly worse. It could have been way worse. Um, and I, and, and, and I think what made it ultimately like, you know, this is just a teaser trailer. So, you know, this is not going to tell me everything. I don't get to see a lot of Usopp, for example. I think Usopp is going to be a make or break it for me personally. Um, I, I would love to see more. I'm sure we will. Um, you know, I, I would love to see more interiors, too, because the only kind of interior shot we really get is kind of just this open field where Zoro's tied up. And, uh, you know, they do a little bit of a brawl there and everything, but it looks kind of empty. Um, yeah, it's like I, I feel like I'm being nitpicky already about it because, again, you know, even with all those complaints, you can feel you can feel like there's some real effort here. There's a genuine attempt to capture that, like, adventurous spirit of it. Mm -hmm. And that I mean, that's the core. That's the thing you absolutely need to transplant over. Yeah. So I, so it works. They they shot a lot of this in South Africa. So yeah. it, it definitely has that like on location, like not in front of a green screen feel to it. I know for me the that was one of the first things that stuck out was like the locations, the the character designs, everything definitely looks polished. Like they really put some time and effort into this. Uh I'm personally like I'm really digging the look. Um the sort of uh vibrant colors they have here They're the fight choreography particularly where we see zoro fighting someone who appears to be one of buggy's crew i know some people were like this is mr seven this is mr seven i'm like we'll see i, I it, to me it looks like somebody who looks dressed like a clown i don't really get where the mr seven thing came from but i, I know because there was like an sbs where there's like kind of a similar design but I, I, I think, don't know if you I think, agree, uh, but... I think uh, Library of O'Hara or somebody tweeted it and, and called it that. And so that's kind of what set everybody off. Everyone's acting like it's confirmed. But if you really look at the character, the character has like a clown thing around their neck. And it, I mean, we know that this is going to be an orange town and it would. Sure. Would it be cool if we got a little bit of like what was Zoro up to before? Maybe a flashback or something. That'd be fine. Um, but I, yeah, I just don't I don't see strong evidence for that we'll see we'll see uh, you know it's it's one of those things where like it would be a very cool easter egg but the last thing that i want is for and this is you know again the the, the specter of netflix hovering over this i don't want them to spend half the season setting up uh alabasta and baroque works and stuff or or you know i don't think they will things down the road no i don't think they will either that's why i'm like i don't really care if it's mr seven or not i but i don't want them doing that stuff because i don't want them spending this time setting up a bunch of things and then netflix comes along and says oh well you know you didn't really get a tiktok meme like wednesday did so we're done you know yeah yeah it's kind of like that's how they decide things so i i want them to just put it all on the table here i think it's uh, fair to say that we will be getting TikTok memes for Nami's wig. Um, that is what I'm <laughs> expecting. 
you know, it's funny too because the the Nami wig. It actually, I thought it. There are times when it looks fine. It, it really is that like one interior shot where she's explaining the grand line where it looks like uh, I don't know what happened there, um, but I'm not a. Uh, again, it's like with the whole trailer. There, there was nothing here that sort of really hurt like really stung or did psychological damage with the exception of buggy in a good way. The buggy, the buggy jump scare is a choice. <laughs> it is. And, and they're really, I mean, they are going for it in the makeup department. Uh, the growth, uh, looks just terrific. No notes. Um, yeah. And I also really love the alternate character, uh, outfits, you know, they kind of help us track a little bit of like, all right, we're, we're, we're definitely getting glimpses of like, different parts of the season. Yeah. A lot of it is definitely centered around. We're seeing uh, a lot of Baradier and we're seeing a lot of Captain Morgan set piece stuff, uh, shell town, but, uh, there's, there's stuff that's noticeably left out. Uh, we don't see really anything, um, at least knowingly that is syrup village and we don't see orange town itself. Uh, we kind of see locations that might be related to orange town. And I, I kind of have a theory about this and, and I kind of, you know, I, I was going to get to this later. I had a little note here about episode structure and consolidation. And I, I just kind of want to get your read. Uh, but yeah. I, we definitely need to talk about the character designs more. Uh, yeah. But for now, okay, we, we got some episode titles, not in a confirmed order. Uh, I believe you saw this, Travis. Uh, this is confirmed um, by the WGA. And we have eight episodes. And... I kind of moved these around and made a few guesses as to what they're going to try to do. And I'm, I'm coming at this as somebody who's d done this for a long time, and I've seen how TV shows and movies consolidate things, kind of put things together, squish things. I personally, I do not believe we're getting Syrup Village at all. I, I don't think we're getting that location. I don't think we're getting Kuro or the Black Cat Pirates. I said it here, maybe I'll be a thousand million percent wrong, but one of the, one of the reasons I really, really believe this is because we see scenes where Nami is at Shelltown. So it's looking like they're picking her up there, which means we're getting Zoro and Nami in the same episode. And I have a feeling that they're consolidating Buggy and Usopp so that we're going to get Usopp at the same time as the Buggy stuff. Now, that could still mean we have Orangetown, don't get me wrong, but I'm just wondering if we're not going to go from, if, if Orangetown's not going to be as big a deal, if we're not going to get the dog, for instance, if it's going to be something a little bit more uh, rewritten, for lack of a better better term. So so this is the way I have it. Romance Dawn, I think, is going to be the first episode, most likely. I think that we are probably going to, like the anime, kick off with Luffy, not kick off with Shanks. If we do get the Shanks up, th this is what I'm thinking. And, and I, again, I could be so wrong. I just have this feeling that the Shanks backstory stuff is going to be woven in and not given its own episode, because I don't think they need a whole episode for that. I think that they could weave it in. Um, I am kind of wondering if they're going to use cutaways a lot, where, for example, because it's live action, that suits live action a lot of like a character explaining something, and then it quickly jumps back in time to show you what it is. So for example, with Usopp, it may just be the the Black Cat Pirates are there, but we don't actually engage with them or anything. Maybe Usopp has a flashback to something involved, but who knows? But, but the point is, I think that we're going to really start off with like Luffy and Kobe, uh, Alveda, and I think it's going to quickly transition into Shelltown. And then we're going to get episodes. We have the Man in the Straw Hat, which I think is going to be probably a culmination 
of the shell town stuff. And then I think that's where we're going to get into the pirates are coming, which is going to be the episode where I think that's where we're getting buggy and Usopp. Um, and then I think we're going to be getting the two Sanji episodes, eat at Baradier, the chef and the chore boy. Uh, so we're going to get Don Krieg and all that stuff. I, I don't see how they could leave out Don Krieg. We didn't get any Don Krieg, but we did get Baradier. And we did. We, we haven't gotten Mihawk, but come on, we're getting Mihawk. And then the last two episodes here are the girl with the sawfish tattoo and worst in the East. And then there's another episode that was kind of in the middle called Tell No Tales. And I think that's going to be our Logue Town. I think they're going to do Logue Town in one episode, and that's what's going to finish. What do you think? Do you, do you think I'm um, I'm the worst in the West? No, I think I think you are correct in that there are things we're not getting. Because it's like, like I said at the top, it's it's not possible. There's no way we can dedicate time to the to these little off. Like, you, for example, you have not mentioned the island that they stop off yeah. at with the treasure chest. We're not at getting all. that. We're not, We're getting, not that. getting that. I, that I, I made my piece with that a long time ago. That hasn't been relevant to the story outside of thematic stuff for ages. If we do, it's it's going to be an Easter egg. It's going to be a scene. At- best yeah. and and that would be like like they could easily do something like that inserted at the beginning of an island that is sure. related it's like know. a cold open joke or something sure. however they structure the titles for example if we're lucky <laughs> yeah right um if i i just pulled this up because i actually hadn't seen these episode titles until you brought it up um so i'm looking at it and, it, and i do want to stress that for the most part i think you got the right idea um, you know, it's pretty obvious, which is the Arlong episodes, it's pretty obvious, which is the Baradi episodes. Uh, I will say, though, the man in the straw hat could be Shanks. I think, yeah, I agree, but I yeah, think I mean, it's, it just, I, it that's why be. I think we're getting like sprinkles of Shanks and not a whole episode right, where it's right. like Luffy so, as a kid. So the, the way that I would see it is Romance Dawn and the and man in the straw hat are, are basically your pilot. Yes. In follow up episodes uh, and, and they intersperse the Shank stuff in it. But by the time we're done with that, we're potentially even wrapping up Buggy is what I'm thinking. Though combining them is an interesting idea. The thing with Sierra Village is that for the pirates are coming and all that. I think it, it's such a what's the opposite of a fan favorite. I mean, people don't like the Usopp stuff. They just don't. They don't like Sierra Village. I, I'm not one of those people. I root for it. I sit through every episode. I think that there's a lot to love there. But if you're going to consolidate anything, it's Buggy and Kuro, Captain Kuro, I think. Um, mainly because it just, if you're, I, I really think that it slows the story down. We know Buggy's been cast, but as far as I know, there hasn't been a casting for Kuro or, uh, or a lot of people actually, right? Like, Correct. Yes. We, we oh, don't you have know what? You know what, though? I do see a credit for Kalahador. Uh, yeah. I think so. I do think so they're going to be, be characters. Fake, I think we are going to have some of those characters, um, but I think that they're going to be, again, consolidated into the buggy stuff. Um, and, and I do think, too, like with the Going Mary. Another thing that kind of made me think this is that the Going Mary is completed and it's at a shipyard. And if you're going to do that, I could see that being what happens at the end of the buggy stuff instead of yeah. the end of the syrup village stuff. Because you could easily set it up so that after Shellstown, you are you have Nami and Zoro having the, the they say that line of like, well, we're not a crew, which is very weird, right? You know, Nami, you understand, but Zoro is like, he's supposed to be in at this point. And I do right. wonder if what they're leaning toward here, what they're, what they're aiming for is for the buggy arc to solidify that early dynamic with Zoro, Nami, and Usopp. That's my guess. 
and and Zoro just kind of goes along for now because I mean, let's face it, he it's not like he knows where he's going. Yes, and and there is somebody cast as Kaya again. I I think yeah. that that stuff is still I mean, going to be yeah. there, but I just don't think we're going to go to that village. Yes, yeah, you, yeah, need... you still need that for Usopp, but you don't necessarily need like the whole island. Like like again, it's it's one of those things where you could trim fat there, um, especially since Baradier is such a big arc for the saga comparatively. Right, it's kind of it's kind of the, the 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 center point, you know, the halfway point for the series at that stage. Really, um, it's much much longer than everything else before it, and it sets up a lot of things after it. Yeah. Um, so they definitely, especially, I mean, we we saw they how they built the Baradier, that big set. They want to get their money's worth on that set for sure. Uh, worth mentioning too, we do have people cast uh, for uh, Zoro's backstory. So we are going to have that. We are going to have, um, you know, the young versions of Zoro and Kuina. Uh, those have been cast for sure. Uh, I, I will say um, it, when it comes to some of the casting, like I, I, I waited and w- I didn't want to take a look because I didn't want to get spoiled. But I, di- I did see that, you know, and maybe the, and I'm not really a spoiler, but Garp. Yeah. Garp is yeah. here. Yeah. Our yeah. boy. Yeah. That was a that was a that was a publicly announced one. In yes. fact. Um, so the actor they got for it, by the way, absolutely perfect. Uh, and, and, you know, a more well-known actor. Uh, so that's Vincent Regan. Um, he's been in stuff like, uh, the, that's the 300 sequel, uh, Clash yeah. of Titans, big things. And, uh, yeah, we, we see a glimpse of his ship. Uh, it's looking like he's probably going to be involved, like trying to chase the straw hats and probably run into Kobe and, and they're probably bringing that stuff in together and hell Mappo, of course he's going to be in this yeah I, I think especially since that was like your earliest cover story i think if you were to do you know like you were saying before cutaways um i think that's a perfectly appropriate one um same with you know i think it's pretty clear we're going to Logetown. town they're they're gonna they're actually going to go to reverse mountain by the end of this based on a couple of shots in this teaser um you know we could do the same thing with alvita and buggy too do like little cutaways be like oh hey you got punched by a kid in the straw hat you know kind of kind of use that to build luffy's mythology um right as they hit Logetown would be i think kind of the way to go Mm -hmm. and you know i'm not a screenwriter so i could be totally off maybe i'm thinking something different screenwriting is an art of course um just because i know the bits and pieces that have to be there doesn't mean i know the best way to put these together i could be just as off uh, on how this is all going to break down yeah, and I could even see too, like with uh, with the buggy stuff, we could have a situation where, for example, uh, maybe Clahador is going to be one of like Buggy's top pirates, and so they have a way to like incorporate it that way. Uh, Kabaji, I think, has already been cast, and then he's obviously Zoro's Mo- Mo- Moji hasn't been though. Moji hasn't been, but uh, Bucci has been. Um, right. Well, I'm just saying, you know, Kuro has a cat theme, and Moji had a cat theme. Maybe. You know, instead of CGIing up a lion, you just uh, put some cat claws on him. You know what I mean? Like we're we're definitely going off the deep end at this point. Yeah, um, we're, we're getting we're getting we're we've gone fully Vonkov at this point. We have, um, we have. the uh, the other thing that I the other thing that I do kind of want to offer to you, and this is possibly sacrilege, and I don't even expect the show to do this. Um, but you know, since we don't know the actual exact order of the episode titles, I guess based on on what we have, even though I think the the list as it is makes sense um what if what if people join out of order now this would only like apply to basically Usopp or Sanji but does Usopp have to join before Sanji does that work Mm, it could I mean I don't think it has to be that way 
because like what would the benefit be of doing Baradier first right i mean i mean literally the only the only thing i could think of is usopp kind of serves as the person helping give first aid to zoro when mihawk shows up which is not nothing but sanji can fill that role too um kind of help build that little bit of rivalry um i just just it was just something kind of kicking around my head as we were talking about it and like, Oh, uh, you know, I wonder, I wonder who joins where, um, you know, maybe, maybe put a lick in about how Usopp can tell, you know, as a liar, Usopp can see a liar. And so it makes Nami nervous. So she runs or something. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> throwing out ideas now. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Um, okay. So we, we didn't, we didn't finish off our character design discussion and, and the performances themselves. I mean, I just want to reiterate, I think Luffy, in this, I think Godoy just like inhabits the role. Uh, I actually, I think everybody here is pretty good. Uh, I think Nami I, is a, still a big question mark for me. I think Usopp looks the part. We didn't get much though, like you already said. But yeah, Luffy and Zoro—they're the main ones here, and and I think Sanji too. I think all three of them—they they have the presence. They kind of have just that sort of that energy that I want. I mean, the way that Godoy does like the smile and everything, that's all working for me. I don't love how subtle the scar is, uh, but I, I get it. See it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty subtle. And uh, again, that's an example, though, of something where, you know, maybe we don't see like, you know, in a literal chronological scene of like Luffy getting that scar, giving that scar to himself when he's a kid. But as somebody's like, uh, you know, in the present day being like, Luffy, how'd you get that scar? And he's just like, I was in a terrible battle and it cuts back in time to like, again, they yeah, might accidentally cut himself. Yeah. 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 Like try to just use the same cannon, but like twist it in a way that suits live action better. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, and I love I love um, that we're seeing multiple costumes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that this was the thing that the Cowboy Bebop adaptation I think really effed up um, because they just they were always the static, iconic looking costumes, you know, literal cosplay realistically. Um, whereas these costumes look more lived in. You know, we, we see them. We, we, I mean, it's it's stupid, but just the idea that Sanji can take his shirt off, even though that's not what happened in the you know in the actual original source, is you know it, it's a little bit of fan service, sure, but it's you know it it makes more sense for a live action thing. Like, oh yeah, okay, he takes his shirt off to go get Luffy out of the water. That makes sense. Um, you know, Luffy's costumes all being designed by you know based off of like cover spreads and the color walks. I love that. That makes perfect sense. Um, it it, ma- it makes it feel like time is passing and that they're actually lived in. Because uh, that's some of the best part of One Piece is just seeing those color spreads where they're just having an adventure. And that will help kind of slide those details in um, with this limited runtime. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Um, and, I, and I think, too, like uh, when it comes to the effects... We do get some CGI here uh, mixing with the practicals. Uh, for example, the Lord of the Coast. What do you think of the Lord of the Coast? I'm I'm in. Uh, I think that they wh- okay. What they got right about the Lord of the Coast is that it he is huge and he looks dangerous and he looks like he could actually like bite off Shanks's arm. Yeah, it it. I mean, it's pretty spot on. Um, I you know, it looks a little dark 
in in the in the footage that could just be again you know this could be year a year old worth of footage and effects um you know i, I think I, I guess i expected just a little bit lighter gray but uh but in terms of like this is a big imposing creature that's supposed to set up you know again you, you know try to think of this from the perspective of somebody who hasn't read one piece you know you know with that you know that voiceover and be like oh this is a big vast dangerous ocean here's a big monster like that's exactly how you sell that um, and I think I think that's a pretty they did a pretty good job. I'm kind of interested to see what the other Sea Kings and, and things look like um, if we get that this season or not. Probably not. But yeah, it would be interesting. You know, um, you know, I, I can't help but look at that and think of, oh, I wonder what Leboon's going to look like, which is <laughs> which is a lot better than uh, than I you know thought. You know, if it looked like crap, I wouldn't be thinking about that. I'd be like, that looks like crap, you know, not thinking oh, Leboon could look cool, you know. But they do add like nice little touches, right? Like they like for example, Baradier, we have like a lighthouse on top, which is great because when I see the lighthouse, I immediately think like, of course Zeph would do that. The the whole point of him wanting a restaurant on the sea is for people to be able to find it. And so like little touches like that make me feel like these are advancements. I love the neon sign too because yes. it's a restaurant. That's just like that's just common sense, right? That's that's good production design. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's one of those things again where it's like it's adaptation, so you can add things that would you know feel unnecessary. But you're right; it does speak to Zeph's character that like it looks like a restaurant. It has lights. It has a lighthouse. It think you know uh, you know you think about Sanji and his backstory. That lighthouse means a few different things. That's great. That's just, just great symbolism without even seeing, you know, Zeph at all in this, which is great. You know, um, I, I do think this has a lot of a lot of potential in the details to, te- to, to tell us things just by showing us them, which is great. I agree. I agree. And uh, I, I also appreciate that when we're watching this and you, we, I, I think like the thing to keep in mind is that they do know what's coming. They're, they do have thou- like over a thousand chapters of manga. They know which things are going to get brought up soon. Um, it's not like the four kids stuff where they took things out and they changed things because they didn't know. And also they, they felt like they had to, right? Uh, but they, they like Laboon was cut out of the, the four kids stuff because they didn't think, they thought it was filler because, you know, they just, they don't, they don't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That's what happened. <laughs> The four kids dub. I mean, it's it, it was always about not trying to anger conservative parents. Like that's what it's always about, right? Um, you, you know, you don't want to expose them to you know to other cultures. You don't want to you don't want to see a you don't want to see an episode where your main character punches a whale. You, you know well, you what also, I mean? Yeah, you don't. They can't be eating uh, rice balls. They have to. They be can't donuts. be eating rice balls. It has to be donuts. <laughs> um, actually, on that note. Here, here is one thing that I, I am nervous about. I am a bit concerned. I'm worried because because the main actor playing Luffy just seems to have such a kind-hearted persona. He has the, like, I'm feeling some tension in the crew. It, you're getting the sense that they're trying something different with him for this role, which, okay, you know, I'm open-minded. There is one crucial thing about Luffy that they cannot mess up. Luffy is not a hero. He is not a hero. He is a nice person. He's kind, but he is not a hero. And if they mess this up, Travis, I am calling every single one of their parents. And I just, 
He's a pirate, and they really got to get that across. They really got to understand what Oda is trying to say about pirates and what separates them from Marines, and I'm worried about this. I haven't seen anything that is making me concerned directly, but I just, I know, like, you know, Travis, that, like, the the executive producers are just like, oh, yeah, Luffy has to, you know, he has to be a hero, you know, he has to, you know, say, like, we're going to save the town. It's like, no, he doesn't care. He's going to help his friends. He's going to make a friend and then save them. Right. Like, so that's, you know, that's, you know, one of the tricky things about One Piece in general is kind of like, you know, we... We said we weren't going to spoil things in this episode, and I almost did. Um, you think about where the story is now, and you think about things like that, about Luffy's kind of, like, what heroism means to Luffy um, versus his own philosophies of, like, freedom and stuff. Um, for me, the, the, the dialogue that they've given Luffy in this trailer feels off to me. It feels a little, you know, it feels a little more... Um, traditional protagonisty it feels marvel it i wouldn't say that it's marvel it's okay i wouldn't say that there's a lot of marvel i I, I wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's a whedonism situation i would say i'd say it's a little bit closer to like your tom holland you know a little bit more eh, later marvel yeah maybe maybe i guess i could see that do not get the sort of like just any second he could be like well that happened like i I don't think i don't get that i don't get that thankfully but for me it's like a part of what makes luffy so compelling is that he does you know there's the 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 long-standing note that oda has that like luffy doesn't have an internal monologue because he doesn't need one and and that's because he's just so affirmative in his actions he is himself often a show not tell kind of character and the first half of this trailer is luffy telling and again this may be just a the 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 reality of 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 adaptation you you know you just can't expect the audience to always read the body language or anything like that i don't know if that's true or not personally but i could understand that being a show note um and so for me, like the joke about like the tension in the crew, I don't know. I don't know what it is about it, about that line specifically. That just doesn't feel like a Luffy line. That feels like an Usopp line is what it feels like to me. That's an Usopp line. That's something he would say. Luffy would just completely ignore the tension personally. This is how I would see it. I think he would have. I mean, he he already was in the, in the, in the original. Like his whole reason for going after Nami wasn't to get the Mary back. It wasn't to get the money back. It was like, oh no, that's where my navigator is. We got to go pick her up. You know what I mean? Like, so so that line in particular, not concerning, but it does tell me that the the way we're going to get Luffy presented to us is just going to be different. And and I think you're right. It's really going, they're really going to have to try to make that work when we get to the end of the season. Because, you know, you're, you're right, he's not a hero, and the first way he really shows what the difference between those things are is his decision to help Nami versus the rest of the crews, right? Um, you know, it's, 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 it is, it's the moment that I always point to when I tell people they're going to start One Piece. This is the thing that's going to win you over. It's, you know, he doesn't listen to the backstory. It's, 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 he, he buzzes off 
when it comes time to do the sad backstory. He doesn't care. He know he's emotionally intelligent. He's a goofball and an idiot, but he's he's emotionally intelligent. He can tell that these are damaged people. He doesn't need their stories. Um and so, you know, it's really gonna come down to if they can sell, I think, that point. Like, can Luffy be emotionally intelligent instead of having to explain things? Um, you know, and again, maybe it's just because you know there's a decent chance some of that dialogue isn't even in the show it's worth noting that that could be 80 yard most of it was a voiceover so maybe maybe none of that is how we see it yeah. but it is the thing that kind of outside again of like i'm really uh, really 50 50 on the gum gum powers you know that's the thing that i think is really going to make or break it is is again luffy's the load bearing wall Everything else clicks into place eventually for people, but Luffy has to be spot on 100%. They cannot miss, not even once. And that is a tall order to ask of any actor. (laughs) That is a really tall order, but uh, I mean, I think he's got the right energy, and I think he genuinely has fallen in love with this character again. Like the trailer isn't what sold me on on like this might actually be good. It was watching him cry over. Like you can tell this meant something. This wasn't yeah. just a job to him, and that gives me a lot more hope than anything else. I'm about to say something controversial. Uh, you know mm-hmm. me. I, I've been thinking a lot about the pacing of how they're doing this, and so far it seems like they're giving these arcs like the, the meteor ones about two episodes, which feels right. Um. I, I genuinely believe that if, if we get a season two, which is not a guarantee, uh, Oda has said that, I, I think Oda's made it pretty clear, at least one season is all they need. The whole point of this is to introduce people to One Piece, and they can finish the show, this, the anime, they can finish the manga uh, after this. And, and to that effect, you know, my wife is this way. I, I've talked to her about One Piece. She knows I love One Piece, but she's not an anime person. She's not a manga person. But when I told her that this was getting a live action series, I showed her the trailer. This is the kind of thing that is more for her. Because that's it's just the kind of style of storytelling that connects to her more than uh, anime does, quite honestly. And so that said... I think that if we are getting a season two, I think that it's only going to be if this season is extremely successful. Uh, I do not think Netflix will put a ton more resources into this if it's just sort of like a, you know, blip, right? But if it generates a lot of subscriptions, a lot of eyeballs, okay, merchandising, I think we'll get another season. I do not believe that the second season will just cover Drum Island and Alabasta. I think that they're going to try to combine things a lot. I think the next season would be Alabasta and Skypea and probably cutting a lot of cutting out a lot of the little things like Whiskey Peak um, and like Drum Island. That's one episode easy. Skypea, I think Jaya and Skypea, three episodes. That's it. I genuinely believe that. That's it. Alabasta would have the most, but I would say like in the location itself, two episodes. And I think that that's how they're going to pace it because then the next season you get any sloppy water seven thriller bark. Then if you got another season, that's all of the summit war stuff. Um, because there's just no other way to do it. You know, like they cannot do this thing for like 12 seasons. It's, it doesn't work. And they also can't skip things. These are hour long episodes though too, right? Yeah. You could, I mean, you can do a lot. It's, you know, again, we're, we're coming to this, 
you know, our, our view is always going to be a little bit askew because of where we've come from. But like, you know, Jaya takes place over the course of like 12 hours real time, if that. So the idea that like it has to take, you know, three episodes to do Jaya, it doesn't. It doesn't really. It just feels that way because of the way Oda has structured his story. But it's, it's you know, it, it, I mean, again, adaptation is adaptation for a reason. Live action, you can do a lot of things at the same time that a manga just can't because you only get so many pages. You have to do a bunch of explaining. Yeah. You have to write out every single word. You could literally um, do a thing uh, where some of the characters go to Drum Island and some of the characters go to Little Garden and you split you could, it. You, I mean, Drum Island can be an episode. Yeah, I mean, I'd be you could literally do it so that like Luffy and Nami are Drum Island, uh, Vivi and Usopp and Zoro are Little Garden. Yeah, I mean, I mean, those those could same episode. be e- 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 even same episode. Um, or or you or you do Little Garden into Drum Island and you finish Drum Island in an episode. There's a bunch of different ways, and and yeah. again, a part of screenwriting is trying to figure these the, the actually get these pieces there. Right? There's a difference between lore and plot. Right? The 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 lore is the backstory and and why things are the way they are, but the plot is the actual A, you know, a to Z. And figuring out those building blocks is a tough job. You know, support the writer strike. Uh, but <laughs> you know. It's it's one of those things where I, you know, when it comes down to, you know, getting more season, I would love for them to get a couple more episodes on a second season. Yeah, they could do 13. You could literally do a thing where, like, for example, Ace gets introduced in the second season and in the second season, they're going to change the Ace stuff. Yes. You know, he's going to be around for more than an episode. There's no way. But then (laughs) exactly. But what you could do is you set him up and then you bring him back at the end of season two for his fight with Blackbeard. Yeah. You do the cover story, right? You just do, do an episode that is his cover story. That would be a fun little aside. Um, you know, there, there's, there's so many different ways to accomplish this and, and getting an hour long and, yeah, you get an hour in a, in a live action without any commercial breaks, by the way. Uh, that is one advantage that I will concede to Netflix is, hey, you don't have to write around five commercial breaks. You could just go. Yeah, to that effect. We don't know how long the some of these episodes might go toward the end. It could be that worst in the East. You know, the big hour long episode could be longer than an hour. Yeah, I mean, how long were those Stranger Things episodes? They were films, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I don't think we're going to get that for one no. piece, but like, there's nothing that says that they have to follow like strict broadcast TV restraints, right? Right. The limit isn't the time. The limit right. is how much they can shoot and produce. Yeah. And, and how much that makes sense, right? Yes. Again, they do not have to have every single detail to make this work. If we're being realistic and, 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 and I'm going to be honest, people don't need all of that. That Like, again, lore and story are two different things. You could literally have a moment where Zoro is just like, oh, I was on an island right before this, and I found a guy inside of a treasure chest. It's a, and it's played as a joke, right? That would be and very then, funny. Exactly. You bring it up at the beginning of an episode, and then at the end of the episode, something ties back to when Zoro says, it's like, well, you remember that guy I brought up? There were these treasure chests at the top. It's like you tell the story of that episode through dialogue that advances character, and you don't have to shoot any of it, but you get to please the fans by still having it, especially yeah. if Oda brings it back around. I think a lot of people have said that that's big foreshadowing for you know, one the one piece itself, whatever you want. Uh, but again, they can, they can skirt around this stuff easily. 
But, you know, and I, I mean, we're going to, let's be real. Um, if Oda needed them to know something needed to be in there, he would have told Exactly, them. yeah. It'll be so, oh, Travis, it'll be so funny, though, if we end up getting this season and literally these episodes are two hours long and we're completely, like, they're showing everything, even guys. Yeah, okay. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> no, uh, I do want to tell you, though, speaking of, uh, of showing it. So my mother is a big Pirates of the Caribbean fan. She likes her goofy little pirate adventures with all the, you know, all the practical effects and all that so i sent her this because i wanted to do a blind test with somebody who had like no context for yes i did this, this as well was. with uh with my wife and two of my friends yeah and uh and uh what i got back was no well, that was weird <laughs> and i'm like is it because he stretches and she's like yeah it's because he stretches so i i am I'm adamant they got to get that right but uh but other than that i mean you know the the reason One Piece is good is not because of all of the all of the little bits of lore we all kind of obsess over. That part's fun, yeah, yeah, and we love doing it. We're going to continue doing it. But the reason it matters is because we love these characters and we want to see what happens to them next. And if and and at the end of the day, I think if this cast is given the right material to work with, they can do that. They can sell us those people. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about Boys Life anime. And, uh, well, I won't be there. That, that'll, be, uh, a couple special, that'll be a couple special guests. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, again, uh, we talked about this on the last manga recap, but One Piece is on hiatus and well-deserved break for Echiro Oda, who successfully got his eye surgery. So very happy about that. Uh, his astigmatism is being addressed. And uh, we do believe that the laser beam eyes are fully functional. Um, but in the meantime, uh, we, we have plenty of fun episodes coming up. Uh, the Boys Life episode is next. Uh, we're looking to do a, an anime roundtable for Skip and Loafer, but we might have a couple other, uh, you know, slots to fill. We're still kind of coming up with ideas for episodes that we could do, and we want to have you part of the discussion. So, as I said at the top of the show, get on that Discord server or email us, whatever you like, and let us know if you have any ideas, anything you'd like to talk to us about, or just talk to us directly on there, uh, if, if that's your fancy, because uh, we want to have fun, and we, talk, we want to talk about One Piece stuff, and we want to talk about One Piece stuff that you care about, but also anime stuff too. We could, we could do another anime round table. Uh, I know a lot of stuff is coming to a close this season, uh, or at least the spring season. And we're full on in summer at this point. Uh, I haven't started any new anime, but I've been Travis wrapping up some stuff. So quick anime check-in. I really have been loving Mashal. Uh, Mashal was a slow start for me, but I have been fully like, it really is that OP Travis. The OP just hits too hard to explain to people. Um, yeah, I, and you're still watching week to week, right? Uh, so I've been I've been mostly experiencing Mashal through the reviews that we have on In Between Drafts. Um, shout out to Jose for those. Um, He's been doing but a great I, job. But uh, but I will probably be going back to it just because of uh, how very specifically targeting of a of a certain book series that it seems to be doing with its jokes. Um, that that's one that's still on my radar. Um, I've been spending most of my time catching up on what I have missed from being away. Uh, so I am actually very behind on stuff. That's yeah, hey, look, you got you got plenty of fun stuff to get to, right? Um, I'm pretty Indeed. behind on Hell's Paradise. Uh, I still haven't checked out Heavenly Delusion. Apologies for that. Uh, Oshiko Noros, I think, is the other one um, that I know. Somebody in our Discord uh, has been recommending. Um, hopefully, I'm not 
butchering the name of it. Um, but then also Galaxy Next Door is wrapping up, which has been really fun. Uh, my love story with Yamada-kun at level 999 has one episode left. And Travis, if this is the only season we get for my love story, I'll get I'll, my love story will end. I'll be so heartbroken because lo- I've been loving that anime. It, it has been super fun. Um, what else is there? Uh, we already said Hell's Paradise. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Demon, I got Demon a ch- Slayer just wrapped. Uh, I'm also behind on that. It was excellent. Yeah. It was, it was excellent. I still haven't watched the the first episode slash movie. Uh, I know there's a Black Clover movie that just went to Netflix. Um, I don't know if I'll watch it. I mean, I read the manga and I'm not super. I think it's. I think the movie's a uh, is a re is like a redo of of an arc or two, isn't it? I don't know. I just saw that something was being marketed, and it, I was wondering if they were just going to do a movie to finish up the Spade arc because they never did uh, in the anime. And I mean, it's a, it's a really like great part of the manga. I mean, it, it really is. And then right now where the manga is at is like, I, I genuinely, I really, really hope the anime comes back because I thought it was quite good. Um, it, it's definitely one of those ones that gets way, way better as it goes along. I know a lot of people write off Black Clover as like Naruto um, 2.0, uh, but I would argue it's better, uh, much better actually. Um, mainly because its characters are better, especially the supporting characters. The supporting characters make Naruto supporting characters look like the jokes that people already think they are. Um, <laughs> so, oh man, uh, valid. So valid. Just saying. Um, I did. I, I have also been keeping up with. I got a cheat skill in another world, and now I'm unrivaled in the real world too, uh, which is super hot garbage um i think mother's basement uh, included it in his uh, anime roast or not anime roast he, he put it in the the, the hottest trash of uh, the the spring season and it is um but i love it <laughs> it's terrible sometimes sometimes you need to watch just a really bad one like speaking of roasts i have i have watched the full first season of rent a girlfriend and uh, i've watched the, the first two of that uh, it's, yeah, the roasts of that are pretty valid. You know what I mean? Oh, like, he, he they're didn't pretty say spot on. He's completely right. It's terrible. I can't wait for season it's three. Awful. Also, yeah. <laughs> this it's it's very it's like in a week. Buckle up. Yeah, I did. I did also uh, watch some of uh, Domestic Girlfriend, which is as bad as everyone told me. And uh, I, I can't help myself is what I'm trying to yeah, say. Some, sometimes you got to watch some garbage, you know, um, sort of speaking of uh, Magical Destroyers is finally played it's uh it's this is what's actually going on card and i cannot tell you with full confidence that it was worth watching 12 episodes to get to that huh. it was mostly it was mostly a bunch of apology Aegea for uh spending money in shibuya and like good for good on you but i mean i did that when i was i expected <laughs> something i expected something a little bit more um robust you know <laughs> Is there, is there anything else? I think that's covered everything that I've been keeping up with on uh, like new anime, at least, and uh, just little things I've been watching here and there. I mean, there are a few others that I have like listed. I have on my list. So I'm like, All right, I want to get to this at some point. So Rune, for example, because I hit Crunchyroll. If I don't watch Skip and Loaf for this point, I think Allie is going to fly out here and strangle me. So. I mean, look, I know Allie, Allie loves Skip and Loafer. I love Skip and Loafer. Skip and Loafer is a friend of mine. Okay? She, she is going to she will die for that. I'm not I'm not convinced <laughs> that you're going to love it nearly as much as us. Um, but I, I don't know you that well. I, I, you could surprise me. But it, it is such a specific thing. Um, it is. And it, 
it's definitely something that I think at the very least you will appreciate respect and be happy that you watched it. Uh, I do think that they are going for a season two. There's, there's no way uh, the way that it ends. It's like, okay, I, I was not totally sure, but I always, I always, this is the thing anime does is it, they don't tell you if there's going to be another season until the very last second of the, of the last episode. And it's so nerve wracking. Just, you're like, you never know mm-hmm. if your show's been successful and you got to sit there and sweat for a year. I'm sweating about my dress up darling. If we don't get a season two for that. Oh, they did confirm that. They did confirm that. I know, but sometimes it confirmed things and my heart still gets broken. Uh, you're right. You're right. But I, uh, I, I believe, I think that one popped off pretty hard, actually. Maybe, so. maybe that is another idea for something we can do. Travis is, uh, like a summer, uh, movie preview, uh, summer, summer movie preview, sorry, summer <laughs> anime, uh, preview because uh, we have Jujutsu Kaisen, right? That's in July. Am I wrong? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like the first full weekend of July. It's like the seventh, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look at my calendar here real quick. Yeah. So it's, it's the seventh, but Definitely notably right. I do not have simulcast information yet. That's all I can tell. That's I all I can looked say into on that, anything. But... I think Jujutsu Kaisen is the only one I'm aware of. We're still a while yeah, away they, from. I saw some marketing for My Hero Academia, but I don't think that's um, no. They just they were soon. just confirming they're gonna right. basically finish it. My family's getting a movie in December. My family will be getting a movie. Uh, Bleach is coming back for for you old school heads. Uh, next uh, core of the final arc. Still pretty behind um, on that. Yeah, I mean the. You know what? At least the stuff that they have added to it has has elevated the overall production, uh, even if the story is still kind of a... But, uh, you know... (laughs) Yep, and then we can we can cap this. We can cap this off with uh, One Piece anime still going strong, obviously, and going very strong. We're getting we are closer so close. and closer to something we're I won't spoil because I made a promise. We're so close. <laughs> we're so close. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but okay, uh, alrighty. <laughs> that should do it for us on this week's Rookie Pirate Radio. We'll see y'all next week. Goodbye.